morning, good morning, buenos dias, good morning, how's everybody? Good? It's rainy, it's cold, it shouldn't be anymore, everybody's a little bit, is everybody a little bit down, it's okay, you can admit. All right, well let's pump it up, Blake's not here, this is going to be one of those ask forgiveness, not permission kind of services, because the boss isn't here, right, so I'm going to go a little bit wild this morning, you guys ready for that? Are you ready for this? Come on. I just turned the mic off. All right, so we're talking about, obviously, the life of Christ walking through Mark, Mark chapter 4. Last week, Lee Webb, I was back in kids. I did not hear it. I should have listened to it this week. I didn't even do that, Lee. I'm sorry. But Lee talked about the parable of the seed sower, right? It's a very familiar story, very powerful story. One thing he talked about that I want to lead off with is life's just crazy, isn't it? Isn't life crazy? I know Lee talked about that last week. I mean, can we all just agree that regardless of what your station in life, your walk in life, it's just crazy, right? The only question is, what kind of crazy is it going to be? So let's start with that. Is it going to be worldly crazy, where we're pursuing the things that the world tells us to chase, like comfort, safety, status, wealth? All that stuff that we don't even think about. It's just handed to us, isn't it? But it's just as crazy, right? We're super busy, every minute scheduled. We're chasing things that don't really matter in the end, right? Or is it going to be faith-based crazy? And faith-based crazy looks a little weird to everybody else, doesn't it? But I'm here to tell you, everything Jesus said and did from his first sermon to the Great Commission was always intended to point us upward. His whole mission here was to serve, to give his life as a ransom, and to show us what it looks like to live life for eternity. Amen? And he made it possible. So really, it's going to be crazy. The question is, what kind of crazy are we going to live in now that we know him, now that we've been redeemed by him, now that we have the treasure that he's given us that we're going to talk about today? So what kind of crazy are we going to live in? I'm here to tell you that giving up what the world is trying to sell us and living the faith-based crazy is the only way that matters in the end. And we all know that, don't we? It's just hard to make that choice, right? So how do we make the choice? How do we get clarity to make this choice? The name of our series is Clarity in the Craziness. How do we get clarity when life's so crazy? Well, I'll tell you, if we don't get it, if we're not intentional about clarity, then the world's just going to hand it to us and we're going to follow it. We're just going to do what everybody else does, right? The way that we get clarity, I would submit to you, is through the Holy Spirit. And I know Lee talked about that last week as well. The Holy Spirit gives us clarity. We also get it through God's Word. But I think we're going to talk a lot today about following the leading of the Holy Spirit. He's always leading us somewhere. Okay? He is always leading us somewhere to shine his light. So this week, that's what we're talking about, shining your light. Letting his light shine. It's a familiar scripture. Who grew up in church and knows that song? Hide it under a bushel. No! I'm going to let it shine. Yeah, Sean knows it. But there's a lot more to it than that, isn't there? When it comes to letting God's light shine through us and sharing his truth, we're going to see... I might, say, I might switch Mark and Luke today because I've, I've got this, I've got it switched in my brain and I've been saying it, Luke, all, I know it's Mark 4, okay? 
If I say Luke, just ignore it. But we're going to see in Mark 4 that Jesus takes a use it or lose it approach with his truth. It's a little bit scary. But it is unequivocal. It is unambiguous. If we don't use it, if we don't put his truth into practice and let it reveal things in our lives, and if we don't share it in great measure, then we risk losing its benefits in our lives. We risk losing the clarity and the eternal fruit that comes with his truth. We're going to talk about that. If you ever had a job with a health savings account or vacation days that build up or air miles or whatever have you, fill in the blank that if you don't lose it, use it, you lose it, and you get down to the end, and what do you do? You become frantic about using it. Like, I put this money in, I put this time in, I've got this time built up, I've got to, I don't even have anything to do anywhere to go, I'm just going to take the day off, because I'm going to lose it, right? But we don't have that same kind of urgency with his truth. People are losing out there, they're in the dark. We've got to use it. We've got to use his light. So here are the big questions as we get into it. Are we following the leading of the Holy Spirit and living crazy lives based on faith or crazy lives based on what the world's selling us? The only question is which one. It's going to be crazy. Are we stewarding well the great mystery that God has revealed to us in Jesus Christ? We know the secret. We know it. We have the truth. Are we stewarding that well? Are we showing that light to others? If we use it, God's going to bless it and give us more. If we don't, we could lose it. And finally, we're going to talk about hiding the lamp under the bushel. What bushels are we battling in our lives? What in our lives, individually, collectively, are hiding the light? And then what can we do practically to reflect his light to others. We're going to get real practical at the end. Sound good? Okay, let's pray. God, thank you so much for the time to come together and talk about you. We just invite you into this place. We only want to hear from you, God. Your words and your truth challenge and change us today. Make us vessels as we go out of here of your light and truth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, let's get into the scripture. Mark 4, 21 to 25. It's up here, or you can look at it in whatever Bible or device you have. Parable of the lamp. Then Jesus asked them, this is right on the heels of the parable of the seed sower, okay? Jesus asked them, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open And every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Another translation of, receiving more is the measure you give will be the measure you get back all right so let's talk about the sower a little bit more before we move forward okay what lee talked about last week through the four four soils parable is that the starting point for getting clarity is the condition of our hearts okay let's just make something real clear god is not after our plans 
He's not after our agendas. What's he want? He wants our heart and spirit. That is what this is about. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 51, 16 and 17. It says, you do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Oh God, this all starts with the heart. He doesn't want our plans, our agenda. He wants our broken hearts and to take those and send us to people with that. Now let's do some role defining here, okay? We are not the ones who prepare the soil. <laughs> now we'd like to think that we are. Like if I say or do the perfect thing, this person who's hardened towards God, it's just going to change everything. That's not the dynamic here. When Jesus goes through the parable of the four soils, all we are are the seed throwers. Right? The Holy Spirit is the one that gets the soil ready. Okay, so what we need to be doing right now is praying, Holy Spirit, prepare the soil. I prayed that for this morning. I need him to prepare my own soil, or it's not going to take root in me. And you guys need the same thing. So all we are called and commanded to do are throw the seed. And the seed is the worth, his truth, our story, like Tiffany just said. But we're not the ones that get the soil ready. All right, let's get into the lamp. I think the picture's already up. I did some serious research and found this picture of what a clay lamp looked like back then, and I think this is it. Now, it doesn't even make sense to hide this thing, right? The thing's on fire, first of all. My father-in-law would say that's a fire hazard. Nobody's going to put this thing under a couch, right? So it's logical what Jesus is saying, right? You know, this is a very simple yet powerful parable that he's doing. So he's using very common items that's in every, that are in everyone's home back then, right? He's using a lamp that looks like this. Everybody knows how the lamp works that he's talking to. They used these, actually, to light up the room. Here's the picture. The lamp was a clay dish filled with oil, and it got used up to give out light. I think that's an important little point. So if we're putting ourselves out, God wants to use us up to give his light to other people. Okay? The basket or the bushel, just to give you a visual of it, it's a dry volume measure of about eight quarts. They used it to hold flour. Okay? So what he's talking about here is, no one gets a lamp, a lit lamp, and brings it into a dark house and then hides it. Well, of course they don't. You're not going to hide it under a basket. You're not going to hide it under the couch. You're going to put it on the lampstand, which is basically like a niche in the wall, so it can light up the room until it gets used up. And then what do you have to do? You've got to refill it, right? So if we're not refilling, it all goes back to that equal measure. If we're not refilling with his truth as well, then our lamp's going to dry up, right? So there's a symbiotic relationship here. We've got to be filling. We've got to hear and understand and take in more so we can give out more, right? So what is the light itself? This is my favorite part. Because one of my favorite parables, and I think we can put it up, is a one-verse parable about the man who finds treasure in the field. And I know I've said it up here before, but it's one of my favorites. 
what is the light itself? There's lots of scriptures about light. I thought about just going through and listing some of them, but I think the light here in this context is very clear. The light that Jesus is talking about that we're called to reflect out is the treasure. It's him. It is the great mystery of God. He talks about the great mystery of the kingdom of God earlier in chapter 4 in verse 11. So in context, what he's saying is, to those of you to whom God has revealed the great mystery, you have the light. We have the treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy that field. Every time I... Every time I read that verse, I get a little bit emotional because we know the secret. He has revealed it to us. And I always picture this guy. He's got a little smirk on his face. Like, thank, thank God I found this treasure. I know what matters. That had to be a good feeling. And he just walks off and he's like, I'm going to sell everything I got. I'm going back to get that field. I know where the treasure is. I know the secret. So can we all just stop for a second and thank him? He has revealed the secret to us. If you know Christ, we have the treasure. The secret's out. That is something to be excited about and thankful for. That guy was excited. Are we as excited about it as he was? Sometimes we're not. But again, what's the next logical step after that? Are we just going to keep it secret? We know the secret. We have the hidden treasure. So what is God calling us to do when he's saying, put your lamp on a stand and let it shine? He's calling us to reveal it to others. So let's continue on in these verses. Verse 24 and 25. Jesus continues teaching with a challenge. He says, pay close attention to what you hear. And then with a promise, the closer you listen and the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. That's an exciting promise, okay? God keeps his promises, amen? So if we listen, if we're pursuing the truth, then he promises that he's going to reveal more truth to us. Don't we all need a little bit more truth <laughs> in our lives? A little bit more wisdom, a little bit more from his word, a little bit more as, as things get a little bit darker around us and a little bit tougher. Don't we need a little bit more light? Then we've got to press in. Then he gives us a warning in verse 25. We can't, ignore, we can't just read the fun stuff and ignore the warnings, can we? He doesn't mince words here. So he goes into, if you seek my truth, if you pursue it, if you put your full measure into it, then you will get it back in increased measure. But if you don't, what happens? To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, better listen to that. Even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That should scare us a little in a healthy way. If we continue living the crazy life that the world's selling us, it becomes harder and harder to listen. Doesn't it? Everything becomes a little bit more opaque a little bit less clear, right? It's a slippery slope. And you look up and you forget which direction you're even facing at some point. If we want the clarity 
We have to push into the truth, embrace the light, and let the Holy Spirit lead us. If we don't, then we risk losing it, and we'll be held accountable for it, which we'll get into, which is an even more dubious proposition, because God is going to hold us accountable, and we're going to talk about this. He's going to hold us accountable for what he's invested in us. So use the truth or lose it. Warren Worsby expands on it this way in his Bible exposition commentary. I don't think I did a slide for this one. The more we hear the word of God, the better we are able to share it with others. Anybody ever find that that's true? I mean, it's like anything else. The more you do something, the better you're going to be at it, and the more ready you're going to be to do it, right? So the more we hear, the more we pour in, the better we are able to share it with others. The moment we think we know it all, what we think we know will be taken away from us. We must take heed what we hear, i.e. the truth of God's word, as well as take heed how we hear it. By listening to and following the Holy Spirit and through study, our spiritual hearing determines how much we have to give to others. There is no sense in trying to cover things up. Why? Because one day, everything's going to be revealed. So think about use it or lose it from this perspective. God has invested a lot in us, right? He invested his son to redeem us. That's enough right there. But he's invested in our spiritual understanding, in our abilities and gift, in our mentors that are around us, in our relationships, in our, some of us had Christian upbringing and parents. That's an investment into us, right? God has invested a lot in us, and he is expecting us to reinvest what he's given us. Otherwise, we're wasting it. He knows us. He knows exactly how he's invested in us. And he challenges us to follow his lead and do as much as we can with what he's given us to bring other people into the light. And he's going to hold us accountable for that. Let's talk about that for a second. Luke 19. This is a little bit long, but I think this parable really drives the point home. He said, a nobleman, Jesus said, a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then returned. Before he left, he called together ten of his servants and divided among them ten pounds of silver. The ten pounds of silver comes from the Greek word, uh, from the Greek, uh, uh, what am I thinking, of? economic uh, measure, the mina. Uh, ten pounds of silver was about three months' wages. So this was a chunk of money. Saying, invest this for me while I'm gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we do not want him to be our king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. That's accountability, folks. He invested with them, and he wanted to find out what the return was. The first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made ten times the original amount. Pretty good. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You've been faithful with the little I entrusted to you. So you'll be governor of ten cities as your reward. So he gave back more. More than he put in, right? That's a picture of the grace of Jesus, amen? He always gives us back more than we put in. <laughs> always. 
The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You will be governor over, the, over five cities. I want to point something out here. Did he compare the five to the ten? No. That's important. That's a detail that we shouldn't skip over, okay? He invests different things in all of us, right? He did not necessarily expect the same return from all the servants, from the ten, the five, and the one. He just expected a return. He does expect us to reinvest what he has invested in us. But if he's not comparing, then why do we? All we need to do is reinvest what he's given us. But the third servant brought back only the amount of money and said, Master, I hid your money and kept it safe. I was afraid because you're a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. That sounds terrible. I don't want to be roared at by Jesus. Do you? Your own words condemn you. So what words do you, is he talking about? Well, let's go back to it. Hid. I, I've circled on my notes here. Hid. Safe. And afraid. I don't like any of those words. <laughs> I don't want to hide the treasure he's given me. I don't want to play it safe. I don't want to not invest because I'm afraid. Because this is where it leads. Then turning to the other standing nearby, the king ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has ten. So the one who invested got even more on top of that. And the king said, to those who use well and are given what they are given, even more will be given. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away from them. So which one do we choose? Are we going to use, invest, and bring profit to the kingdom? Or are we going to hide, be safe, and be afraid? It's pretty clear. So it's time to dust off those lamps. Right? We are sitting on the treasure. The light is in us. It's time to share it. So how do we do it? Now it's time to get practical. This is the fun part. Well, that's all fun. Everybody still with me? Good? Okay. Because now it's the practical stuff. So how do we do this every, in everyday life? I, I honestly feel like if I don't touch on that, when I talk, we've got to walk out of here with something we can do and use, right? So not that you haven't been listening, but you can perk it up now because th what we need to talk about, we need to walk through this together. I'm not good at this either, okay? Every time I preach a sermon, I, I think I'm probably the most convicted person in the room. And that's good. It drives us to change. So how do we make this practical? We have the hidden treasure in the field. Thank God for that. How do we give off the light? Well, obviously by getting into his word, by pouring truth into ourselves, and by listening to and following the leading voice of the Holy Spirit again. The Holy Spirit, I believe, is the key to unlocking clarity. He is a gift from Christ. He lives in us. This is all scriptural. And we have to listen to him to see things clearly. Now, this is easy to understand, I think, conceptually, but it's hard to do, right? 
but, the key, but it is the key to letting his light shine. It's the key to discipleship. It's the key to kingdom growth. It's not about our plan. It's not about our agenda for the church. This is the key. We have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and share his light with those who need it. So let's talk about these bushels, these baskets. I normally don't do slides that aren't scriptures, but I put these up because we all deal with bushels in our lives, right? We all have things that trip us up that cover up our light and keep it from shining. We have got to ask God and again the Holy Spirit to reveal what these things are that cover up our light. So what are some common ones? Sin. Sin that we hold on to, that we don't confess. And guess what sin comes with? Guilt and shame. There is no quicker way to extinguish the light of Christ in us than with sin and the guilt and shame that come with it. So confess it. Turn from it. Fear of rejection, isolation, judgment. In this social media world, boy, we're just afraid of rejection, aren't we? Being judged and perceived a certain way. It takes us over, it can. Past hurts by others, by the church. Safety or comfort, we don't want to give it up. But there is always some risk if we're following the crazy life that's based on faith. You can't avoid it. Busyness. Did you guys know that's actually a word? Busyness with a Y? I had to look it up. But it is. Before you start thinking I have a typo in my notes. Failure to sacrifice or create space so the Holy Spirit can work. We can come up with a whole bunch of excuses why we don't have time to shed the light. And they're not inherently bad. But if we fill it up, if we have zero availability for people, then how are we going to shed the light? Materialism, achievement, or status. This is just what the world's driving us to. And that can quench the light too. So are we confessing and repenting of sin when we mess up? Confess it to him, confess it to each other. We're in this together. How does God want to heal us if we have a hurt? It hurts to get healed of hurt, doesn't it? You have to walk through it. But if you don't, it's going to quench your light. It's going to make it dim. It can be crippling. Are we willing to make sacrifices and to choose a crazy life based on faith? My, I, I tell you, just going through this, my life isn't crazy enough. Not in a faith-based way. Oh, it's crazy. Just have to look at my garage to know that. Okay, so once our bushels are cast aside, how do we let his light shine through us in everyday scenarios, okay? Let's bring this down to where we live. How do we reflect his light in everyday scenarios? How do we reinvest in other people everything that God has invested in us? I think it's a pretty simple answer based on this passage. By listening to and following the Holy Spirit and looking for opportunities to have gospel conversation. I'm going to say that phrase again. Gospel conversations. They don't happen by accident, people. We have to be looking for those opportunities and following the lead of the Holy Spirit to those situations where he has prepared the soil. Right? If we're not following his leading, then we might end up just throwing so seed on the sidewalk because that soil's not ready. 
But if we're following his leading and we're looking for opportunities, if we've created space to have gospel conversation, then that's when it all happens. Are we doing that enough? I'm not. I just took a trip and met up with my brother for a few days, and I sent him a text when I got to the airport, and I said, ah, the beauty of headphone-protected airport isolation. I'm in my headphones, head down, headphones, head down, right? And I still like it. I mean, I never get a moment of silence in my life, ever. So, you know, I'm entitled to, I can go to the airport, put my headphones on, and walk down. But what did I miss? What did I miss by doing that? I have no idea. But I wasn't available. So what should I do? I should go into the airport saying, God, give me opportunity to shed your light today. But I don't want to. I want my headphones on. I don't want to talk to the dude on the plane that I can't get away from. You know? I don't. I mean, you guys, you can connect with that, right? You have times in your life where you're so busy, it's so crazy, like you just want to look down. I mean, we all do it. Even people people. I'm a people people. Yeah, people person. That sounds better. All right, now I'm not saying, when it comes to light shedding, I'm not saying that everybody needs to get a big stack of tracks and a megaphone and go to the street corner. Now maybe you do, if God's calling you to that, because some soil's going to be ready to receive that, right? So it's all about following the lead. What I am saying, and I brought one of my favorite things up here, where did I put it? I think it's more like just giving off rays of light, one light at a time. I was actually going to put this on. My kids will probably be embarrassed. But one of my favorite things in the world is this headlamp. Okay, so I'm going to put it on real quick. Now, look at this thing. This thing is bright, right? Now, I won't leave it on. But I think it's more like, I don't even need this mic, do I? It's more like having a headlamp, okay? How are we giving off rays of light? in the darkness if we have so basically let, let's just analogize the treasure to the headlamp Jesus has given us the headlamp okay he has illuminated our path for us we know the secret we know the treasure we would be fools to walk around in a dark world with our headlamp off right wouldn't that, I mean that's as foolish as putting your lamp under the couch right there are people all around us just immersed in darkness. They're falling into holes. They're running into trees. They can't see. And we have a headlamp on, and we don't turn it on. That's insanity. My voice just squeaked really high. But, I mean, it's really that simple, isn't it? We have the headlamp on. We're surrounded by darkness. And we have the key to show people. Now, if you look on the back of the headlamp, there's even a light back here. See that? So if you need to lead people, if you need to lead people out of the darkness, they could see that light and follow you out. It's a silly word picture, but I think it drives the point home. We are, we're walking around, and headlamps don't do any good in here, do they? We don't need them in here. We've all got the treasure in here. We need them out there where it's dark. Right? We've got to turn our headlamps on. So what are some rays of light 
we can give up. Well, let's walk through the scenario first. This is a fun part. We've all got scenarios like this, right, where we have opportunities in our lives to have gospel conversations, but we don't seize them. For me, it's going to a kid's soccer game or a baseball game, and I see the same people every week. And I sit there, and you're there for about an hour and a half for about two minutes of action. And I just look straight ahead, and I don't even talk to anybody. I'm just being vulnerable with you. I don't. I'm tired. Like, I want to sit in my little chair and, you know, kind of jog myself back awake when something interesting happens in the game. And then lug all that stuff back to my van and feel like I'm going to pass out when I get home. Isn't that what we do? Who can connect with that? Who drudges through traffic to go to work? And you get there, you don't want to talk to anybody, you're tired, you, you know, just want to do your day and get gone, right? Well, it's never going to happen. Gospel conversations are never going to happen unless we make ourselves available to have them. So as we come down the home stretch, what can that be? A ray of light can be anything. I still have this on. It can be an expression of sympathy and an offer to pray. It can be a listening ear and a word of encouragement. It can be really any meaningful dialogue can be used by him. Listening to their story or sharing part of yours. An applicable scripture or truth God has revealed in your own struggle. Just like Tiffany shared from Ecclesiastes. Relevant scriptures for those who are exploring Jesus on their own. Romans Road, Romans 3 through 10, walk them to Christ. All the soil is going to be different, but we're never going to reach it without following the Holy Spirit's lead into gospel conversation. This is very, very practical. It's difficult because we have to create space for it. And guess what? We're going to swing and miss sometimes, right? You're going to overcome that fear, whatever bushel's holding you back, initiate a gospel conversation, and it might not hit. It might not take, but I just encourage all of us, if that happens, persevere. If the Holy Spirit is leading you, don't let that discouragement put a bushel back over your light. Keep going. It's probably only going to be a few people, and it's going to take real investment. But talk becomes relationship, becomes discipleship, becomes change. I'm going to say that again. Gospel conversation becomes relationship, becomes discipleship, becomes change. And that, guys, is how the gospel grows. Not from our plans, not from our agendas, but one person at a time. That can catch like wildfire and change our city. That's how it happens. But it takes intentionality. It takes risk. It takes putting yourself out there. It takes continuing to fill up our own lamp. Right? All right, so let's finish up. I read a story this week about a boy who went to New York City and visited a cathedral. Upon returning, his Sunday school teacher asked him what he liked about the cathedral, to which he replied, the stained glass windows picturing the saints of the Bible. The teacher asked the boy, what do you think a saint is? And he thought for a second and said, a saint is a person the light shines through. Are we living like those kind of saints? Is his light shining through us to others? Are we reflecting him or are we hiding under a bushel? What do we need to give up? What do we need to set aside 
so his light can shine. And more specifically, who will commit with me? Who will commit with me or somebody in this room that I'm going to start having gospel conversations? I'm going to take this great treasure he has given me and I'm going to reflect it out with intentionality. I just encourage all of us, don't walk out of here without making a practical commitment to be as excited about the treasure we have that that guy who bought the field was and to say, I'm going to have at least one gospel conversation this week. Commit to somebody. Commit to somebody next to you. Come to me. I need help. I'm preaching to myself. I'm not good. I like my headphones on in the airport. I'm not good at it. So as the band comes up, think about that as we wrap up. Make a commitment. Get practical. Have gospel conversations and then see what God does with it. Give him the glory and we can all celebrate it together. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for just for challenging us, Lord, for giving us such a clear picture of what it means, of what the great treasure, the great mystery of God is, of what your light is, of how we can pour that into us and then pour it back out to others. But help us to take the challenge seriously. Help us to get practical and real and to intentionally pursue gospel conversations with people, no matter what condition the soil's in, so that we can reveal you and your light to people and we can see our circles, our community, our city change for you one person at a time. We pray that. We ask that the burden to do that come to us and we pray and seek change like that in our city and beyond. So use us as a vessel of light for you. Help us to remove any impediments to that. And just help us to have an excitement and a commitment to what you're calling us to in a practical way. Just challenge and change us today, Jesus. Help us to walk out of here differently than we walked in. It's in Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Thanks, guys.